So you guys couldn't see it because this is an audio podcast, but all of us were dancing around in our own little way with that little intro. And um, maybe we should do a little intro. This is the 90s Tune Podcast with Avery and Lima, and we have a special guest this week. Danny, welcome to the show. All right. Thanks for having me on. Welcome back to the yeah. show. Well, you were on he was before. on 90s Tunes. This is 90s Tune. Thanks for a woman explaining that to me. You're welcome. Uh, I'm happy to be here. Awesome. One of the things we why we wanted to bring you on is to introduce our newest podcast, Wrestling Outside the Ring. So all three of us are on that podcast where we look at wrestling interviews. So we don't usually get into the matches too much. We do a little bit, but we just like watching the interviews, what goes on before and sometimes after the event, which is hilarious a lot of the times. And one of the things that I wanted to do was do a crossover episode between Wrestling Outside the Ring and 90s Tune. So we're looking back at the 1993 hit, or is it four? Yeah. 93, yeah. February 1993. Which This is a theme song for Shawn Michaels' Sexy Boy, as you heard <laughs> at the very first. And this personifies wrestling and the 90s, in my view. That's why I picked this one. I don't think it gets much um, over the top than this song. What do you guys think? It's something else. <laughs> yes i've never heard it before no oh my. no i i feel jealous actually yeah <laughs> it was a whole new experience for me now you never heard it until right now or this week till till you chose it and then i heard it okay yeah wow yeah i'm shocked i'm shocked so it makes sense while why i am on a wrestling podcast <laughs> absolutely i mean this song was such a staple of my childhood <laughs> because everybody would sing it to you as you walked yeah, in the room of course <laughs> as i watched videos a lot of people commented how they used to get in trouble sometimes for singing this song like kids were like i sang it all the time <laughs> i guess that's the innocence of it because you might as a kid you might not realize all the lyrics and the meaning to it it's not so I, dirty. No, it's it's kind of suggestive, I guess. Yeah. Way, but. I mean, it, yeah, but it, there's no actual dirty lyrics except sexy boy is the worst it gets, right? Like, mm -hmm. so, yeah. you know. So I, I saw that. I make them hot. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite is I got the moves that really move them. <laughs> <laughs> so brilliant <laughs> how did they come up with that well jimmy hart wrote it yeah jimmy yeah you know <laughs> jimmy what? and jj when jim johnston yeah yeah i didn't realize jim had a part in this because when i was when i was looking it up i i uh all i saw was jimmy hart so i was uh i was kind of shocked because jim johnson he had done like every wrestling song mm -hmm. around this time and he did like stone cold which we'll talk about yeah. in a future episode of Wrestling Outside the Ring. Mm -hmm. It depends on who you ask. If you ask J.J. or Jimmy Johnson, he will say that he had a big part of it. Is if, that right? Yeah. If you listen to Jim Hart, he had a big part of it. Okay. It all depends on who you listen to because like, they're both on podcasts now. Like Everybody is 
there's a lot of good podcasts out there, like wrestling podcasts. And yeah, so they both are claiming sort of writing it or had a hand in writing it. So it's an interesting on who actually did. I wonder if they're like kind of butting heads over it or if there's, you know, if they're like kind of chummy about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm thinking it's probably more butting heads if they're both claiming that they had a hand in it and one person's like, yeah, I did most of it or, but my understanding from doing some reading on some forums and stuff is that Jimmy Hart started it for himself and then JJ came in, helped out and and went to Shawn Michaels. I mean, does Robert Palmer or whoever have a writing credit credit in this? I don't Why? think so. Because <laughs> it sounds a lot like addicted to love. Oh, does it? I didn't even. Oh, that's I, all I hear. Oh my the goodness, music. I didn't, even, I didn't even put that together. Can you now? Can you hear it? I'm not just <laughs> bananas, am I? I have to face it. I'll have to listen to it again. See, I went to see Rod Stewart a couple weeks ago. Don't judge me. He came out and that was his first song was Addicted to Love. And I was trying to figure out who sung the original all the, almost the whole night until I'm like, I, I said to Lena it was Jimmy Palmer, but Rod Stewart <laughs> covered Robert Palmer. Yeah, addicted to love. That's what he came out to. That was his opening song. Which is weird to come out to. A cover that is great, but Yeah, that's super strange. But he did a two hour show. Which was yeah. I didn't think he would like at that age. Interesting. That would have been a neat show. It was an interesting show. He did a few covers. Yeah. Um, and then he did a bunch of his own. Did did he do the Three Musketeers song? I don't know all, that song. All for all for one. Do you know the all for one and one for love? That one. No. Brian Adam, Adams. Brian Adams and Sting. No, I like don't think three. he did. He changed his clothes a lot, though. <laughs> I mean, a lot of costume changes. That's good. I think a lot of women, especially of a certain age older than me, would suggest <laughs> that he is a sexy boy. <laughs> Maybe. I'm, I'm not going to judge that one. I'm thinking like my mom's age. <laughs> my well, friend's what mom's. Do you, what do you think of Shawn Michaels? Do you think Shawn Michaels is a sexy boy? Oh, I can't get over that hair. It's like in a horrible way. It's horrible. <laughs> it's a turn off. I don't know if I have like his outfits. I don't know if what he actually looks like beyond the hair and the outfits. <laughs> I couldn't. I don't know if I could pick out his face again. <laughs> just well, his outfits definitely changed after he left the Rockers. Oh, absolutely. They're they're just they're uh, they're yeah they're more out there for sure. He yeah. added a vest and you know lots of hearts and stuff, and then he and the Heartbreak Kid more bedazzled, less frills. Yeah, no frills. I looked up the video when he first released this song, I guess, and what he was wearing were like gold chaps, but he had like <laughs> underwear or something yep. on it. And this gold chainmail vest is maybe the best to describe it. <laughs> yeah. He used to wear that all the time. Yeah, in the chaps too. Yeah, like yeah. you say, the uh, and then he would unzip the chaps. <laughs> um, but the. The first version of this was was sung by Sherry. Yes. Yeah, he didn't sing it. Oh. So what? So it sounded completely different. It was like it, it had a different feel to it. It was all the same 
uh, lyrics except uh, I think he's cute. I uh, know he's sexy. Oh, okay. No, that that type yeah, yeah. of thing. So it was in uh, third person as opposed to first person. But makes and sense. Sherry, <laughs> yeah, it was it was super different with with her singing it. I kind of liked it actually. Do you like but the then, original better? I do. Yeah. And then when when she stopped when she wasn't his manager anymore, they re-recorded it with him singing. <laughs> I'll have to look that up. And that actually is him singing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There was no doubt in my mind when people said that because it isn't spectacular singing. <laughs> I, what? I'm, I'm going to disagree with you. I think that's awesome. I, I really think it is. It doesn't have to be great singing to be a good song. No, no. But he's not necessarily singing. Like, yeah. It's like he's Mark Knopfler. Yeah, he's just talking. From Dire Straits. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not the greatest singer. Works with the music. And it's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it was birds at the beginning of the song, the ladies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like birds at first. <laughs> yeah. Well, the reason I want to play the song at the first is we we touched this about this on one of the wrestling podcasts. Is that first like two seconds you hear of a wrestler's theme song? So it doesn't necessarily have to be a great song after that. Because once people realize who's coming to the ring, like whether it's stone cold with a glass shattering or whether it's this like with the oh oh at the <laughs> beginning and that was brutal and i know that can you do that again no no i will not do that again should we all do it to see who does it the best okay you can i'm not doing it <laughs> yeah. like once you hear that part you know sean michaels is coming out in this over-the-top ridiculous outfit, which is him, and which is awesome. Yeah. And the crowd's cheering, so you don't have to hear the rest of the song. Yeah, no, I agree. And even before that, just the drums and the guitar. Dun, 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 dun. Mm-hmm. Just those first those first few bar, like the first few hits there. Mm-hmm. You know exactly what it is. Crows are coming. <laughs> I actually, when I listened to him releasing it, you couldn't hear most of it because the crowd was too wild to hear it. And even the announcers were talking over it. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, so that's, but it's still got its point across. That he's I a rem- sexy boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's I not remember a boy thinking toy. it very odd the first time I had heard it. And I was like, this is such a weird song like, <laughs> for a wrestler. But you get used to it after a while. Yeah. Is awesome. I think this is like part of the wrestling where people were more promoting the superstar instead of the wrestling itself. Yeah. Like, I think like in the 80s, a lot of those wrestlers were great and I'm not taking anything away from them, but they sort of blend in together. Like, but now it's like you can tell who the stars are. Like, it's not everybody just coming out in the same trunks and having like this swole belly almost. It's like, like there's different body types and different uniforms or I don't think it's uniforms, but you know what I'm trying to well, say. No, it's like, yeah. I think, I think that all started with, with Hulk Hogan, you know, mm-hmm. he was kind of the, he started the, I guess just how wrestling exploded in the eighties. Like yeah. that was all, all because of him, they built him up as this giant superstar and he crossed over into different, types of media and started doing movies and stuff and 
And he was the first to ever. Would you that. say he would be the ringleader? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. The ringleader. Um, and he had the yellow trunks and yeah. yellow and red, very distinctive look, you know? Yeah. I've always wanted to take off a shirt like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Rip off a shirt like that. Yeah. <laughs> Just thought I'd he throw had, that out there. Yeah, he had quite a few different things like that where he did the he ripped the shirt off, then he had the the ear thing that yeah. he did with <laughs> like the mm-hmm. you know uh, I I can't explain what I'm doing. Here. Well, wrestling fans oh. will know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And if you don't know, go look it up right now. Yeah. I'll wait till the end of the podcast and then look yeah, it up. He goes to each side of the ring and pretends to listen to the crowd. Yeah. And then puts his puts his hand up to his ear. And then he's also got the muscle thing. He's got a three. Yeah, the 24-inch pythons. Yeah. Say your vegetables. I mean. <laughs> say your vegetables. <laughs> Eat yeah. your vegetables. Say your prayers. Yeah. Don't say your vegetables. Say Peas, your veggies. carrots, broccoli. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Shawn Michaels had something like that too. He had like a you could do a, a flex and then like yeah. a kind of thing where you would bend down on a, like you know with one knee over like a stretch. Yeah. Uh that was his thing. Which was a good thing. Like he he really oh, yeah. sold the character and he was great inside the ring too. Oh yeah, super talented. Even like today, you know, he's still he's still highly regarded mm-hmm. as one of the greatest. So, I have a Canadian connection. What's your Canadian connection, Lena? I forgot to do one. Okay, so I think we can all agree we have one Canadian connection. And it's pretty obvious. I think Danny might know where I'm going. Lena might not. But Shawn Michael was part of the Montreal Screwjob. And it's not much. It's not just about Montreal. It's about Calgary. It's about Bret Hart. And he was a big part of that. Whether he knew or not what was going to happen is a different thing. That's for um, another podcast at another time. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm going with with my Canadian connection is the okay. uh, Montreal screw job. I got you. I just kind of I... didn't think of this as a song. I <laughs> 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 just forgot. Yeah. he. Uh, I, there was a another Canadian connection, too. He was part of a he was part of a TV show. Uh, called McMillan River that was based um, in the Yukon. Uh, okay. So, yeah. Nice. It, uh, that was my Canadian connection that I had. And Bret Hart was on a TV show, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. No. <laughs> Wasn't he? Lo- Lonesome Dove. Oh, was it? I thought it was Dr. <laughs> Quinn Medicine Woman. I'm going to have to go back and look that fact up. <laughs> that's the, that's, you're talking to the, Greatest Bret Hart fan of all. Time. <laughs> yeah, I think no, no, it's definitely Lonesome. Maybe he was on Doctor Quinn too. Maybe <gasps> he was on Baywatch, and was on Baywatch, uh, Shawn Michaels. Oh, sorry. Okay. And Canadian Pamela Anderson was on Baywatch, <laughs> and there's our Canadian connection. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't really have any stats like on how many records this sold or what chart position it peaked at because, well, I don't think it really did because, you know, it just was only available at wrestling events. But they may have released a CD or two like with all the theme songs on it. I don't know, did they? They absolutely did, yeah, multiple times. Okay. Anthologies and and, uh, 
I had one at one point. It was a triple CD. Oh, geez. And it was different, um, like different generations. So one CD was 80s, one was 90s, and then the 2000s. Okay, that's cool. I'd like that. You still have it? I do, yeah. Oh, nice. It was just called WWE Anthology, three-disc set. Nice. That's pretty much all I have for this week. It's probably a little bit longer episode than we usually do for 90s Tune, but Danny, thanks for coming on. Oh, I really appreciate it. I'll awesome. put a I'll put a link in the show notes for this for the wrestling podcast, Wrestling Outside the Ring with Danny, yes. Lena, and Avery. Make uh, sure you check it out. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's really fun for us. I have a ton fun a ton of fun doing it. So we've released a couple episodes already. There's going to be an awesome Shawn Michaels, Marty Janetti episode coming up in the future, and Bruce Barber Beefcake at the same time. And uh, before we go, Lena. What song are you picking for next week? I have a list of four. I am going to go with I Wish by Skilo. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I even know that one. <laughs> I even have the same wishes. He does some of the same. <laughs> I know, because I see you out there trying to play basketball, and I see you just saying, I wish I was a baller. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out what my wish is <laughs> awesome. next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, Danny, for being here. This was awesome. Thanks, Danny.